0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial subscription, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie Review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have robin bar ow, ow, okay we also have bill Graham. don't fucking
1: judge me you judge me every single time i could literally like say my name you'd be like okay that was weird
0: you could just say like say hi what is th- I, my issue is i don't know if the wolf hell has anything to do with this movie does it or is that just you I,
2: i'm just movie? a Doesn't wolf. have to
0: all right. Robin is now identifying wolf. as wolf. So let's all deal with that. Bill Graham. Meow. <laughs> cool. Uh, and with us today, <laughs> a special guest to talk about Andrew Simmons' resurrection. It's Isaac Melberg.
3: Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I wish I had prepped an animal sound. I feel I feel underprepared right off the bat.
2: You could have, you could have, like, do you want me to give you one? Yeah, a cow. you a big horse. Cow? Horse.
3: How about a crying oh, wow. a baby? Giraffe. Crying baby. I, you know, none of these sounds come to me naturally. I'll go <laughs> kookaburra. Wow. Okay, now we're getting into it. Uh, hmm. If I go for like a.
0: Ooh, ooh, okay, you know. an owl? yeah. Yeah. Sounds, All right. Yeah, there we go. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you did good. All right. So now that we've all done that for some reason uh, <laughs> since the film stage show, um, Isaac, would you like to introduce yourself to the fine folks at home? Sure. Uh, thank you. I
3: am a returning guest to the film stage show. Uh, previously, we had a terrific discussion about The Wanting Mayor. Was that two years ago?
2: I, I, I can't th- actually... That was last year. Yeah. It had to be yeah, last must year. It.
1: What? No, it was before I, 2021.
2: Okay, so
3: that it was, was I'm 2020. I'm, I'm not going to...
0: I that refuse to believe it was 2019. Episode 419. And that was February 12th, 2021.
3: Wow, okay, so early in the year. Okay, yes. so...
1: That must have been right uh, before I started, because I wasn't in that episode.
3: You weren't. You were would sorely you? missed, even
0: was, though we didn't know you yet. It would be, I was about to, I was going to try to like gaslight Robin. I was going to say, Robin, would it surprise <laughs> you to learn? <laughs>
1: when are you effect? not gaslighting me?
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, you think he's going to miss the opportunity now that he's
3: finally on theme? Yeah.
0: No. Uh, <sighs>
3: This is uh but yes I, to to introduce myself very briefly I'm a freelance writer uh, most commonly to RogerEbert.com, the playlist letterbox journal perhaps your publication if if that interests you your <laughs> listener uh and I'm happy to be here to all discuss right. all things resurrection
0: yeah uh, and that is resurrection. The movie we will be not be talking about the philosophical religious concept of resurrection. So, for anyone who is tuning in, because we are finally going to get into it, I'm sorry you're going to have to wait until I finally launch my other podcast about religious theology. And Tarzan. And Tarzan, <laughs> King of the Apes. What was the subtitle of that movie? Oh, I think I friggin' know. Uh, you? Yeah, I would. I would have thought so. What? Was this just the legend of Tarzan? Oh, the, it might have been the Legend this, of Tarzan. The the, the Skarsgard
3: yes. uh, of it all.
0: That was going yeah. yeah, it was just the legend of Tarzan. Um <laughs> Yeah, after we watched Northman, we were all gonna get together and watch the Legend of Tarzan, but then Robin spoilsport sport that she has refused to. Um, Sorry. It's fine. Anyway, uh we are brought to you all today um by a number of Things actually. I don't know what just happened to me. Uh, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Film Stage Show, Facebook The Film Stage Show. Find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a rating there. And uh, don't forget to email us podcast at filmstage.com. And you can become a patron of this podcast by going to slash The Film Stage Show, where you can get into our super cool Slack channel and talk to people about all kinds of stuff. Uh, we had light conversations about Better Call Saul today. We were talking about some of our favorite films of the year thus far. And um, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time all around. So do that. And don't forget that we are brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films from around the globe every day. movie premieres a new film, and it can either be a uh, film that you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, from iconic directors to emerging auteurs. There's always something new to discover. With MUBI, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. So, so unlike certain embattled streaming services that you may have heard about in the news recently. Which one, Jesus? I know. <laughs> I know. I was going to make a joke about one in particular, and then I was like, actually, I think they're all kind of Like
1: name one that doesn't have a fucking problem. Movie. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's why excited. you got to get on Movie Mubi, cuz Movie's never going to break your heart. Movie's never going to let you down. It's
3: the the one streaming service (laughs) that is currently showing Strawberry Mansion. So it does have that going for it. Oh,
0: shit. Yeah. I am so excited to watch Strawberry Mansion.
3: And I was, you know, shocked to see it was already streaming, but excited it was there. Nice.
0: Oh, something else that's coming on that sounds interesting to me is, and honestly, I'm saying it just so I can say the title. Earlier this week, Mubi showcased Squish with an exclamation <laughs> point. Pleasure literally oozes from this vivid short, which bubbles with references from kawaii to politics, wellness, culture, and mental health. Emerging artist Tulipop, I cannot say the second name, melds animation and live action into a slippery, slimy concoction in this one-of-a-kind celebration of the joys of creating... They've also got some other great stuff: uh, public toilet in Africa, I'm not Madame Bovary, and Corpus Christi, amongst others. So you should get on it and uh, watch some of these things, and you can do it for free by going to mubi.com/slash/filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. Again, that's mubi.com/slash/filmstage. So do that. And that is it unless uh, anyone else has any active old business they'd like to cover before we get into our review of resurrection.
1: Yeah, there I, are I, yeah. two words no, I never ahead. want to hear again. And that's wellness culture.
0: Okay. Robin is putting it out there. full of wellness culture. <laughs> uh, yes, want I do. To be well.
1: Let me tell you, I listened to a podcast today and okay. the podcast is interviews with people who are Experts in their subject. It's like you know, you're a paleontologist. You're uh, you're I don't know a primatologist. It's it's about people who have like high high expertise and high degrees of um, education in these particular fields. So I listened to a podcast on gemology, which is the study of you know rocks and minerals in their in their form of in their gemstone form. You know when they're faceted or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, this is somebody who is going to have a lot of, you know, interesting things to say about rocks and minerals and, and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. And instead, she's talking about how like tourmaline gives you energy power and like and brings forth wealth. And I'm just like, you're well, a fucking
0: Yeah, I feel freak. like you were expecting a mineralogist and instead you got <laughs> <Yes>. a gemologist, <laughs> which is yes. like what a child would say. Like you can't. I even... was really
1: mad that like this person who is running the podcast is promising a, a maybe a science forward or at least a, an intellectual, you know, podcast about these particular subjects I know very little about. Instead, I bring on like a crystal freak and I'm just like, no, stop peddling your nonce.
0: There's a um there's a stand-up thing that I saw, and it was a guy talking about how much easier it is for women to date than men. And he illustrated it in a hilarious way, unlike the usually like slightly misogynistic way that that joke would go. He's like, you sit on a date and a girl tells you that she's a witch. And you're just like, oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> How does that work? Yes, you exactly. have crystals, Like you recharge with snow and the energy of the sun. Oh, my God, that's great. And he's like, and meanwhile, if I went on a date and told some girl I was a wizard, that date would be over.
1: <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I feel like.
3: Mm-hmm. It depends where in New England that you're dating. Exactly.
1: You know? uh, <laughs> Isaac. <yes. laughs>
3: uh, exactly. You'd be welcome. Be welcome in some quarters uh, of, woman, uh, of Massachusetts. As a wizard, uh, you'd fit right in to the coven. Um, oh boy. From what I've heard, I, I can't speak to that personally. I want the
0: stress. As a person who it, is so married true. to a self-proclaimed witch, and maybe that's the reason why I... Identified so much with that joke that that comedian told. I am down to meet a boring ass, just Catholic woman. Just come I mean, isn't
1: that your type?
0: (laughs) You would think so, Robin, except I've literally never dated one.
1: You've never dated a boring Catholic or you've just never dated a
0: Catholic? I've never dated a Catholic. What? I've I've dated atheist hippies. I've dated I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual party girls. I've dated a literal full-on worships the moon witch, married that one, um, but I've never been with you, a you before.
3: You are I'm really depressed. The you are turning the tables on the Catholics by feeling really guilty about this oversight of yours, though.
0: But I think that was my thing is I was always like, I don't need to be with someone who shares my same beliefs. Like, I'm an enlightened individual. And now I'm just like, no, literally everyone's fucking crazy. I at least need someone who's the same kind of crazy that I am. What, Robin, why were you saying you were depressed?
1: I'm just depressed <laughs> at the idea that, like, you're so self-defeating that you just are only drawn to fire and flame. Like... <laughs> Like you're a moth that just falls in love with its own death.
0: <laughs> Ugh, Lord. I know, but now I can't do that anymore because I have a child I have to look out for. So I have I to know. hold myself to I a I actually
1: know somebody that I could hook you up with, except that I think she is not into alcohol as like a thing. That may not be a good fit.
0: As long as she's not, like, so morally opposed to it that she would, like, take an axe to our barrels like Elliot Ness, I feel like. Well, I think fine. she's
1: the one that would balk at, like, alcohol because of her Al-Anon experience.
0: So. Oh, okay. Well, well, mm. well, we'll talk about it offline. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: This,
3: this is all, like, this is all very strangely leading into Resurrection. <laughs> I'm, like, listening to the <laughs> I'm like, listening to all of these criteria. I'm, like, yep. Uh, definitely aversion to too many things from the past that will come back at some point.
1: And being drawn to the absolute worst fucking things for you.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yep. I like think so. Sam Roth, <laughs> who's never Aww. been good for anybody. <laughs> the um, the, the would be Severus Snape. Hmm. Wait, was he supposed to be Cerberus Snape?
1: I don't know who Cerberus Snape is, but yeah, wait, he is, was.
0: <laughs> no, wait. This is a real moment. Are you telling me that Snape's name is spelled S E V? Yes. It's not S E R V.
1: No, there is no R before the. It's
0: not Severus Snape. It's Severus Severus
1: Snape. Severus Snape.
0: I have been saying Severus Snape's name wrong for fucking twenty years.
1: Do you also say <laughs> Hermione one too?
0: No, I know Hermione. <laughs> okay whoa what
2: would you say her hermione no
1: Bill. are you joking
0: wait bill how do you say it
2: it's hermione not hermione it's hermione (laughs) it's hermione that's not how they say it that's not how they say it in the films
1: uh i maybe they're talking fast but it's definitely hermione 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 it's four syllables Hermione
2: that's great but it's Hermione
1: nope okay
0: I don't I don't even I don't you know I don't okay JK Rowling
1: literally puts the pronunciation in book four and it is Hermione
2: that's cool but nobody says it like that
1: well, I can't speak I, to the f- five to say, men that but... have directed these movies, but.
0: All
2: right. You could
3: have maybe if you if you had something to talk with the director of The Legend of Tarzan about.
1: <laughs> one, <laughs> That's one, done. Right.
3: It all connects.
1: All right. I, I, I,
3: I, I will say we want to get into, you know, roles that Tim Ralph didn't take. Uh, we could do a whole seminar on that. I feel like he's. You know, he is the guy for that. I, I just remember mm-hmm. the thing about him not playing Snape is that the reason he didn't do it is because he wanted to be in Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes with oh. Mark Bluza,
1: idiot. So I just
3: I think that that's important to just say, you know, so that we know entirely how that played out and why.
0: I want to spend the rest. Did you talk
1: of the- with him about this?
0: Did I conspire with Tim Raff to, to no, bring like, that No, like, did up? he? Did, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not talk about him in a journalistic way, but more as like a life confidant. Just, I don't know, Tim. I think maybe the one where you play a monkey is going to be better.
3: He actually came to me and he asked my advice. And, you know, I was how old at the time? Nine. I was like monkey. And I was too young for Harry Potter at that point.
0: Ah. <sighs> Oh, His name is Severus? This is this is lit I can't continue on with the podcast. This is blowing my fucking mind. <laughs>
1: it's definitely Severus.
0: That's bananas. Anyway, uh yeah, Tim Roth. That's why we're talking about this uh this movie today is because we're trying to tie it in with the release of She-Hulk Attorney at Law.
3: Oh, we're too? not gonna go yeah we're not gonna go down that road are we no we're not i uh, i already i feel bad enough for people who turned on the podcast for resurrection and are getting a lot of <laughs> Harry Potter.
0: once more we dip into brian's romantic history harry potter for some reason because i'm here houses.
3: is your brian is your romantic history part of the monoculture at this point is that it's linked <laughs> Just to, right there with with, the, yeah. with with the Wizarding World that was there in the HBO Max presentation. For, I mean, he for did
1: marry a witch.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, m- much like that Veronica Lake movie, uh, a witch was married. <laughs> um,
1: I was I married a witch, and that movie is great.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: you called it a Mitch was a, a Mitch was wary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I said much like the Veronica Lake movie, a Mitch was yeah. I, oh damn, I've got me doing it anyway. I was not saying the specific title. I was saying what happened within the course of the movie.
1: All right. Too many too many threads. Right
0: Resurrection on. by Andrew Simons. This movie stars Rebecca Hall. <laughs> I'm Tim not. I'm not. Tim Roth. Tim Roth and Grace Kaufman. It is in theaters now and is, uh, I believe, also available to rent and or shall be available to rent very soon. And we are here to talk about it. This movie is about a woman who appears to have a completely perfect, normal, totally fine, very successful life, but it is thrown off course. The closer she gets to her daughter moving out for college and the more she begins to believe that a person from her past has found her, here is part of the trailer. Have you ever done anything bad? When I was young, I did something bad. All right, that is all of the trailer that I'm willing to play. Because I walked into this movie knowing literally nothing about it. And I think that's the way that almost everyone should walk into this movie. Not really knowing what it's about. what do you, Even what genre it was. I, li- I literally could not have told you at the beginning of this movie what it was about at all. So I want to preserve that for people as much as possible. So we're going to first give our yes or no as to whether or not people should see it. Then we're going to give our nutshell thoughts. And then from that point on, we're pretty much going to be... Dancing on the edges of spoiled territory. So just get ready, ladies and gentlemen. So first things first, let's do it. One word reaction. Should people seek out and see resurrection? We start with our guest, Isaac. Should people see resurrection?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Yeah, this movie rocks. This movie rocks. That's <laughs> nice four.
0: Bill Graham. Should people see resurrection? Maybe. All right. Curious. Robin Barr, should people see Resurrection? Eh. right, and I'm gonna say, hell yeah. People should see Resurrection. I knew it. (laughs) Hell yeah, Brian. Brian. Robin, (laughs) I can't tell if you like me anymore.
1: I love you. Are you kidding?
0: Okay, great. It's just, you say things like that and I'm just like... Because
1: you're a pain in the ass. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. I feel like we need to have like a second supplementary episode every week that we only give to like Patreon people. <laughs> yeah, like it's Brian's
1: therapy session. You and my- me
0: working <laughs> through all of the shit that gets kicked up during the course of this. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to hear that uh, and you're a patron, uh, put it into the Slack channel. Or um, just listen
1: to the Benedetta episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's a classic. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, our yes or no or up or down So if that's all you were here for, that's what you got. Pick your fighter. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Our basic nutshell, mostly spoiler-free thoughts. Let's start with Isaac. What are your rounder, fuller thoughts on Resurrection?
3: I uh, tend to be quite positive on Rebecca Hall as as an actress and as a filmmaker. I really liked Passing, the film that she directed last year. But it was just so great to see her in a movie uh, this tense and this strange uh because I think that she has something very destabilizing about the way she is as a perform as a performer. She's very controlled, but the the shit she says is just terrifying or absurd. Uh, and she somehow manages to ground that in this movie in something that I found to be pretty truthful and compelling. Uh so for me she's the reason to see it as well as just film that gives her the space to to play as much as this one
0: does all right bill graham
2: um brief nutshell thoughts uh let's say that if you are not having a good day uh this is probably not the movie for you um if you're into intensity and anxiety uh yeah go ahead go for it Um, that's, that's kind of basically my whole feelings on this. Um, this is just a little stress ball nightmare film. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it. That's, that's enough. (laughs)
0: All right. Robin Barr. You know,
1: it's a movie that I will probably forget about in like a few days. Uh, it didn't, it didn't really stick with me. And my, Basic takeaway from it is that it's a slightly better version of Men. Uh, if anybody saw hmm. that film, um, very very similar oh, wow. themes. That was
0: this year, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, can wow. you believe that?
0: I totally
1: uh, <laughs> <about> that movie. <laughs> yeah, but you know the themes of misogyny, the themes of uh, male control, and you know how how male control is used to emphasize horror um you know when in some ways abuse and things like that is already a horror in and of itself you know that it's interesting enough but i'm not sure if it really says anything more than that
0: Mm. i really enjoyed this movie i found this movie to be uh like i just was i was on its level in its world from start to finish Even as I had no idea what was going on, I loved every place it could have gone. I was, like, super excited. The potential of it was great. Rebecca Hall's performance is a friggin' lightning rod and just, like, keeps just generating incredible wattage and energy. Um, And uh, I love Tim Roth, so I was like, oh, it's Tim Roth. And I was, like, worried he wouldn't be in it that much. And instead, he's a big part of it. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. Me and Tim get to hang out again. Um, I feel like I don't see him in enough stuff. He would have really played a really great Cerberus Snape. Um, and yeah, this this movie, I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go. I had my ideas. And then it's one of those movies where as it kept going, I kept thinking like, oh, I hope it goes here. I hope it does this. And it kept doing it. And it was awesome. And I loved it. So for me, this was a hugely pleasant surprise because as the person who asked on Twitter, what we were talking about can attest when Robin said, we're going to talk about resurrection. My response was what the hell is resurrection? And so, um, yeah, I'm super excited about this. I thought this was another one of those like three movies that had like the, the plot of like, Hey, the dead came back or something. Remember when that was like a thing that happened like six different times in the course of a mm-hmm. year? Oh, you're talking about the Nicole Kidman movie no, or whatever? No, that's like Birth, isn't it? There were literally yeah. like three movies that were like, what if some dead people oh. came back? Yeah. It was the one with it the and- series too, right? It was like, yes. Angelina,
2: show that, like Angelina, jo- Angelina Jolie had one, right? Changeling.
0: No, that's her son is gone and he no, Bill, they're literally like the the it's they were called like Reprieve the return, yeah.
1: They were all called like the return in some way, shape, or form, and there were like five of them.
0: Yeah,
3: what? I remember, I remember there was, and this was a long time ago in, I guess, just TV history, but I remember when the returned was, I think it was on like Sundance Channel or something like that, but there was like a remake of a popular French show where all the kids who'd gone missing suddenly came back, and then they did an American version. I feel like this was like right in that that craze. I know what yeah. you I know what you're talking about. I feel like it was like 2015
0: to 17. Yeah, it was I like,
1: would even say 20 before so the, 2015. The it was like 2013-2014.
0: Yeah, the American TV series The Returned was 2015 and it was based on the original French movie, which was based on the French film. But like, yeah, there were a bunch of things that were all the like French that. TV
1: series is really good. The French movie sucked, but the TV series was great.
0: Nice. Well it was can't the American version was cancelled by A and E after one season.
3: A and E. That's what it was. It was the Bates Motel channel, right?
0: Yes, the mm-hmm. Bates, Yeah, that's what they rebranded to for a little while. <laughs> Didn't they have like the top of the lake or like, you know, fell spar or like one of those that was like misty vague i European. think top of the
1: lake was ifc oh okay what was they dance? had
3: what was the they had the mist they had the mist the stephen king adaptation oh, okay. unless that was spike network these like all of these channels are just in the grave at this point so i feel like
0: i think the who, mist who, who can say was, was in fact spike tv there was like there was like top of the lake and like Fall Church, or like Church Fall, or Cathedral Down, or something. There was like a bunch of like those British things where it's like someone died, and we're going to hang out in this town for six episodes. You know, Bro- like anyway. a Broad Church. Oh, that's moment. the one I was talking about, <laughs> Broad Church. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. They all they all were around I'm there at some at point this. in time. No, no i I have the weirdest recall for specifically that era because I think that's when I was first getting into uh tv drama um around bates motel and that that very strange show that where i was like this is prestige right and then i just kind of kept watching and it just kept getting worse and worse and stranger
0: jamie dornan was in one of those wasn't he he was in the fall, I think. That was oh, the fall was the uh, different like a, he one. He That's in... why I kept saying fall church or church fall because there was the no
1: fall. fall church. or
0: There was the fall. There was broad <laughs> church, church, and broad there was church had an American the
1: version that was like fuck. It was something in New Jersey. Though. <laughs> <laughs> fuck church. Uh, <laughs>
3: fuck church. Exactly. I just I, I remember it wasn't broad church. I thought, or maybe it was broad church. Maybe mean, it was narrow re-branded church. Rebranded with
0: narrow chapel. Yeah. yeah something anyway the uh, resurrection <laughs> oh my god so yeah i loved this movie can, it was great <laughs> can, can
3: i say something to finish that that tangent if it connects back <laughs> yes, to resurrection absolutely. i i grant you the that. the broad church american remake uh, it had David Tennant in it, which is why I was confused, but it was called Grace Point. Grace Point, uh, that's what is, I was thinking w- of. W- which is a fine segue for me to say that in addition to praising Rebecca Hall in this movie, Grace Kaufman as her daughter in Resurrection, I think holds her own, uh, which is a tall order when you're acting against Rebecca Hall, who is also playing your, your insane mother uh, or potentially insane mother.
1: Was she also in Grace Point?
3: She was not, but her name is Grace.
1: Oh. Dun, dun, dun.
0: I will say uh Grace Point took place in Northern California, not New Jersey.
1: Really? Because it looked like it was very New Jersey, if you know what I mean.
0: There's trash everywhere?
1: <laughs> Just have like a Jersey vibe. Everyone gray. was
0: drinking red wine with a straw and listening to Bon Jovi. Oh. Hey, that's Jersey, baby. Um. Anyway uh let's talk about resurrection um
1: i think we should just go into spoilers that's
0: what i was gonna say we've gotten our thoughts out i really i really think that the only way to best talk about this movie is by going to spoilers so here we are we're in the spoiler section all things are fair game now um i'll uh i'll kick us off i was really hoping that at some point uh he would actually turn out to have a baby in him and he did That's it. That's my uh,
2: did he? Did he,
0: though? I don't even did know. Did he, he, though? Right. That's exactly. A very good point, Bill. I don't think he actually did, but I like the fact that she and Hermania pulled one out of him because I was like, this is great. All I need is the literalization of this abuse tactic. And it happened. And I was fine. And it's just... the
1: same goddamn climax as men.
0: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, okay. In men, he just keeps giving fucking birth to himself.
0: And in this one he gets stabbed, gutted and she pulls a fucking baby out of and him. And he
1: has a cesarean section of his own baby. Okay, all of
0: the all of the ones in men were live birth, not cesarean. So Okay,
1: but come on. Like No,
0: I I refuse to allow you to win that point. This is nothing like the ending of men.
1: It's the same yeah. fucking ending. No,
0: no, she fucking murders a dude and then rips a. Baby don't be so out of
1: literal. It. I mean, in like the poetic sense, it's the same theme.
0: I don't think it is because in men, it's her coming mm, to realize some like Some man oh, is haunting
1: me, but I don't. Nobody believes me. Nobody knows if it's real abuse. I, I think
0: that I will. I, this is what I'll say. I think this one is more obvious and therefore much better than men. And I also think that this one. Yeah, is men lot, is the worst. Yeah, is a lot narrower and therefore better than men. Like, I, w- I could agree with you about that if, like, if in this one she was talking about all men or, like, whatever. I, like, I, like the, the central metaphor of this one holds up a lot better than in men. Because, like, you know, go listen to our fucking men episode. Like, we, we tear <laughs> that fucking nonsense apart. Um, yeah,
1: that movie is terrible. This is not a terrible movie. I, right. Don't get me wrong.
0: And in this one- I do like, think
1: it's better than that other movie.
0: Right. In this one, I believe all of the possibly symbolic actions graft better onto her personal story, and that the ending is a lot more meaningful and impactful. And it doesn't literally involve the main character becoming so fucking over the metaphor, repeating itself that she walks away from it. Um and just doesn't end with like you know, a guy being like, "Hey, all of this stuff is representing this thing, and I just wanted you to love me." Like, come on! Like, goddamn! I,
3: I, I definitely, I see where you're both coming from because I, I do think that both men and resurrection have in common this, uh, this character who is under siege by men who want these absurd, impossible things from her. Uh, and she ultimately is just, you know, driven into such a corner that she, she has this rage that she expresses in return. And there's this um, there's this retribution that she is able to finally carry out on this this terrible guy. And so in that sense, I see the connection between men and resurrection. I think where men gets into trouble is it wants to be literal about being so metaphorical. Uh, in in the way that you know they've got the the green man and the pagan churches and all this like stuff that's meant to be like lore almost of what it's exploring. Whereas in Resurrection, I feel like the film does such an excellent job from the beginning of really immersing you in Rebecca Hall's character's headspace, and you get to see this entire thing play out as she experiences it, whether or not that's actually happening. Uh, and I, I think from there, there's this strange thing that it manages to pull off in in that climax in the confrontation between her and Tim Roth, where you get you know very clear hints that this isn't all playing out exactly as you're seeing it, and that you're seeing instead some version of reality that has been so twisted into this almost like this mythic thing um, or this surreal thing. That, you know, she's completely lost to reality, but you do get a weird triumph from that as well. Um, that, you know, the film, I, I think, you know, has a, has one up on men because it actually begins in a place where it seems very grounded and very uh, ordered and controlled uh, as per that synopsis that you read.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but it ends up in a place that's just so wild And I think it really charts that as this this breakdown of not only or maybe of her headspace and of her mind and of her experience of her life that has been clearly completely warped by this strange abusive relationship that she was in, Uh, but you're so with her the whole time that instead of her mind breaking down, the rest of the world does, the logic does. And this thing that she at once fears and wants to be true on some level. um, She gets to play it out in a way that I found to be weirdly kind of reassuring, at least for her.
0: Robin thoughts. I
1: don't know. I'm, I'm, mm, I have to sit on that.
0: Well, yeah, I I think, you know, I I literally during the entire course of watching this movie never once thought about men. So I was not prepared to have to go into men discourse. Um, I think it's an interesting thing to have brought up because for me, it's so not the same. Uh, Just because like this is such a specific story, whereas men suffers from a blinding lack of specificity. And... Mm -hmm. Like, so, wh- whereas, like, I'm watching this movie involving a British woman being harassed and driven to the point of madness. Um, the other movie about a British woman her being harassed and driven to the point of madness. Um, it, that It's like, in men, I didn't give a shit. Like, I was, really, I was it's, it's the best way I can think to put it. I didn't care about what was happening to this woman. Her life didn't seem that great. She seemed kind of like, meh and i just didn't i didn't care like i had i had never seen her in the real world i didn't give a shit um yeah it's a little unnerving but like everyone's got the same face why isn't she talking about it like what's happening here and in this movie you you get what you need in order to emotionally connect with this character beyond just like wanting to be a good ally like you see her have a life you see her helping to elevate people around her. You see her being a caring mother. And so watching that degrade is, is painful. Like every, every, like her and Rebecca Hall, it cannot be overstated as a fantastic actress. Um, I've loved her since I saw her in the prestige. She's great. Mm. Um, Just great movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, And in this, she is like everything she does is is, is great. I would have been willing to watch an entire movie of her playing every single gear that she was in. If you wanted to just show me a whole movie where she's like a controlled businesswoman, down for it. A uh, uh, you know, paranoid you know person who keeps running from things, down for it. A, p- a person who's hellbent on revenge and murder, down for it. A person who's broken and psychologically damaged to the point that she's going to gut someone in a hotel room, I'm here for it. She makes every single one of those sing and I think that for me is is the biggest difference is that this is like a character piece that very deeply investigates a thing that is is real in the world to probably not to the extent that this movie shows it. Um, but like, you know, Men was trying to be this like overarching complex narrative that was really just stupid and dumb. And like, you could have just like had a title card and said it. And this movie instead really shows you like, the impact of something like that. You take this person who opens the movie telling someone like, fuck this dude you're with and his like excuses just leave. And then like show the way that she can like revert through these like levels of manipulation and terror into someone who loses everything and has to go through this. And like, it, it's really quite affecting and it really makes her, I won't call it a victory, but her final vengeance at least uh, deeply affecting and very interesting to me. And honestly, like the the way the movie is directed and and written uh, makes it just incredible to to watch as well. I think uh, Simmons uh, is 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 spectacular, like in everything that he's doing in this movie because I, I walked into this movie knowing nothing. And so I was like, okay, all right, cool. We got a woman here. She's got a kid. That's great. That's cool. We're going on, we're going on. And I'm like, she's really protective. I'm not seeing any pictures of the dad. And then like, she's looking up this guy who was in a medical conference and was like a biologist or something. And I was like, and this is just like how my brain was working. I was like, oh my God, her kid's a clone. (laughs) It's like a clone of her. And she's worried that the doctor who helped her make her is going to like take her back or something. I was like. So outside of this, and I think a lot of that is because Rebecca Hall's performance becomes so unhinged and so immersive that you really believe that anything is possible. And honestly, the story that she eventually tells during her monologue, I think, is even a little more far-fetched than a clone. (laughs) It's it's really quite distressing, and the fact that she's able to hold that monologue in the way that she does. Because I imagine as a writer putting that on a page and being like, if if the person can't do this, this whole movie falls apart. This yeah. is literally just exposition. And I need I need an actress who can take this, build to it, and deliver it flawlessly in a way that you believe that a scared intern wouldn't at some point go, can you please fucking stop? Are you kidding me?
3: Yeah, I, you're so right about that. And y- y- watching Rebecca Hall in this movie, the thing that I kept kind of thinking, uh, it's like scribbled um, psychotically in my notes uh, throughout watching Resurrection, is just like it's all about the surfaces with her. Like she is somehow able to maintain these facades and this control, this competence, and kind of this this strength that she projects but you can also really see that it's a projection. And there's so much in both what she is saying and what you can sense uh, from the intensity that she has uh, that is burning underneath for her. And I feel that she is just an actress who is able to do that throughout this movie. It's it's what you were saying with uh all of the different gears that she gets into as a performer in resurrection. It's one reason I also really dug this movie, is that it gives her the room to to hit all of those marks uh, to cycle to really the furthest extent of of her range as a performer. But there is just such a a sense in this movie of duality, I felt from the very beginning. Uh, you mentioned earlier that there's this this you know degradation, this um, this way that she is dismantled over the course of the movie, she deteriorates. And so do her relationships with uh, her subordinates at work, her daughter, the the guy that she's hooking up with, um, her real, her grip on the world. That all, it, it completely unravels over the course of the movie. But what I thought was so compelling, even right at the top, you know, when she's talking to uh, the intern at her office about that relationship she's in, there's something There's something off about the way that she's describing what the intern should do. There's something that is a little bit controlling, a little bit imperious, a little bit know-it-all about the way that she's delivering that advice. And I think that that really comes through in the movie as well, is as she is under stress and and beginning to fracture, she's less able to mask the tendencies of control and manipulation that she's employing in her own life. Uh, I think, you know, some of the most effective scenes in this movie, I mentioned Grace Kaufman, the young actress playing her daughter, but to see those two together and to really realize how completely she's destroying this really close relationship in her life because she can't keep her demons in check. She can't get out of her own way. um, And she's just consumed by it. Uh, I think you know, for a performer to be able to express all of that without reaching into this realm of you know, florid melodrama or hyperbole uh, is really a testament not only to Hall as a performer, but as you're saying to Simmons, someone who can really create the frames that trap you so close to her that you get to see uh, the extent of that drama playing out in her mind. Uh, and in her surroundings, uh, there's a lot about, yeah, th- sorry. I was just going to say like one last thing is just that there's so much about resurrection that really um, it, it really just made me think about these movies that are so polished uh, and so controlled. And the fact that there are so many movies that have that austerity, but really maintain it. Um, and you feel that tension throughout an entire film. Uh, and I haven't seen too many films that stage, A story this far out uh, that becomes this surreal and this horrifying uh, in a very direct way, uh, without really breaking from those stripped down, washed out, mundane environments.
0: Yeah, this is this is like a (laughs) a a more kinetic Hanukkah.
1: Yeah, well, uh, is it though? Like
0: it's. I mean, you know, Michael Hanukkah is great i love him he's perfect you know white ribbons of modern classic um
1: that's vice band
0: yes or, or should i say yeah um <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. and but like you know if if i were to show one of his movies to someone and they're like i don't know it seemed a little inert like if a normie said that mm. i'd be like well yeah you know there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of and static that, long like- takes and stuff and so this one has that level of control and not you know it's it's not cut like a michael bay movie it's got reserve to it but it it still moves you know so like i would i would say i don't think i'm too far out of line saying that
1: but i think the I things that you're pointing out isaac about hall's performance or maybe the things that made it feel a little distant for me um i don't i mean i don't know if i would say it's not hyperbole it's it's a clipped performance it's a very controlled performance but it it doesn't go it, it doesn't like not veer off the edges and um, i don't know i mean I, I kept watching it being like i know everybody keeps talking about rebecca hall's performance how this is one of the best performances of the year this may be her best perf- performance ever and i just kept thinking she's kind of doing her shtick which is that very thin lined mouth and the very i don't know royal academy type of monologue and i'm not saying she went there Mm -hmm. but like it it just kind of felt so controlled to me that i didn't i didn't feel any real rawness from her um and part of that yeah maybe that's the character the character who is you know who is this quote-unquote perfect woman who is who never fooled me from the get-go like you know there's nothing about her that you would think this woman is actually in control of her life um she just you know it's the jogging it's like you know it's it jogging is such a fucking metaphor for people who seem to have their shit together like name one movie where somebody's a jogger who didn't have like a giant stick up their ass like there is no movie
0: (laughs) what (laughs) i said shame ironically
1: uh, well, you I don't want to know. Talk about but again, yeah, we that's like the same is, thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh,
0: this person has to pretend to have their life together. Here's Michael. They're Fass, gonna go he's jog. Gonna go on a real-time five-block jog that we're gonna show in a single frame. Um, I love shame. Don't get me wrong. They they
1: is. have anxiety. Wow, they're going for a jog. Like well, in the in I the mean, real in
0: world, th- if someone has anxiety, you should show them housing an entire bag of Doritos on their own. <laughs>
2: yeah, no kidding. But I guess yeah. that's
0: sort of what happens in uh, Ghost Story. So like we do have I, that.
2: I, I mean, I, I had I had a, a friend. In high school, that she ran when she was stressed out or had to think about stuff or you know things well, yeah, like that.
0: I mean, so, yeah, it's a I, it I mean, it's hundred percent. And I row for that now. Like, it's not a thing that doesn't happen. It's just, it's yeah.
1: It's just too easily telegraphed. So as soon as I
2: saw that, I just well, kind but of felt like. What Robin's like, Here saying we go. is, she
0: wants a lead character who gets stressed out and that does CrossFit.
2: Well, <laughs> but what what I'm saying is, when we first see her running, she's got her shit together.
0: That's what I yeah. Mm, I, I don't agree, think though. so at
2: all.
1: No, I don't I think she think had she her is, shit together. No, she was she fucking constantly. her employee who was married. That was that is not a woman who has her shit together. And that that's is a, a woman
0: hot. Her I mean, shit that's really together. She's a, a married man. That's how, you know how she's, together you gotta be. To it, it, that's
2: still that's a, that's a moral. That's a moral judgment on that. Like I mean, she's.
0: She wants yeah. a man that is unattached because she doesn't want to have to deal with a relationship. Like she, made well, that I choice. mean, can you blame her? Yeah, uh,
2: and
3: I mean, she also no. she loves the she loves to have the control. She's his supervisor, and she really gets off on that. And I, I do
0: that think is that is
1: hundred percent a thing. I'm going to morally judge.
0: Yeah, I, I think he so can the, so,
1: <sighs> That's not a woman who has her life together. Uh-uh.
0: She's got her life together.
3: Well, she yeah. she is her life because she makes money. she is her life controlled but she has like you know i would say instead of it being under control she's just like you know through sheer force of will uh holding it into something resembling a normal shape uh as best that she can but i, I do think that that is something that's really interesting is that she is never relaxed she is never at she's never at ease and she is kind of constantly, waiting for that push to go over the edge into panic and into, uh, terror and, and trauma just to like, to kind of reenter all of that. But I I did think the running bothered me a little bit less because it was so clear from the way that she's doing it, that this is like, you know, her almost like military regimen, uh, kind of, you know, almost something between self-punishment and preparation.
0: Preparation well, I, for I what? Think, like I, she's has short. to stay in in shape in case he comes back. Like she can't allow herself. Pretty to much. be Yeah, yeah. I I, <laughs> I think mm. Robin, that you were mistaking control and order for stability, and I don't think she comes off as stable ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but 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 I'm saying somebody who needs that much control, whether it's via exercise, food, their career. I mean that that's like a ticking time bomb.
0: Yeah. Mm. Definitely, as as the movie bears out. Yeah, and I think right, but I'm saying like,
1: but the way that her, you know, but I'm saying the character is framed as somebody who's just, you know, who is just so a get a go getter and this and that, and then you're supposed to be shocked that she has this traumatic past, and there's nothing about her life
0: Mm, as it is
1: presented at the beginning that tell that that makes me very surprised that she had uh you know this type of experience because she is like to the point of almost like obsessive about the Definitely order she of is. her life
0: but that's the thing yeah. I don't think you're supposed to be shocked
1: but by mentally it. unhealthy. Okay maybe maybe you're not but like I think the I just think the story is framed as isn't it so surprising that this person who seems like they have it all has such a strange history and such a strange like mental space and i'm thinking like yeah. no there's nothing no. weird about it because i if i met a woman like that in real life i would thank god she is fucked
3: yeah, yeah. No, i and that's that's kind of where i come from with it where i was like almost validated because you know what when i've met high achieving biotech executives who mm-hmm. you know who run like that um, I'm like, this person's <clears throat> completely off their rocker. And you can't swing I a cat in Boston without meeting one. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, so ex- Robin, exactly. We've she's very... She's swinging.
0: Albany. <laughs> Sorry, you can't <laughs>
1: swing a <laughs> needle without hitting a, a biotech, a crazy here's biotech.
0: Here's the thing. I, I don't know, Robin, I think that you... I don't. I don't know. I I like was watching this movie and it was me. Like this broad has some shit going on, and she. It's this bitch is crazy. I wouldn't say crazy, but definitely like this is a person who bitch. has yes, clearly. Um, what was I going to say? Now I can't remember because you made me call Rebecca Hall a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's well. First of all, I love the pixie laugh you just did. Um, it's no, my I,
1: husband's laugh.
0: <laughs> amazing, I um. No, I, I think that like you are watching the movie and seeing the movie and thinking that the movie is trying to hide what it's doing that you're seeing, and I think that the movie's doing it on purpose out in the open. Like it's 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 pretty clear from like all of the first interactions that she has that she's that she's got some shit to deal with. I don't I don't think the movie plays that as shocking at all. Like this isn't this isn't um this isn't enduring love where a man who seems to be totally fine has his life thrown away or thrown off course because he meets a stranger who he can't contend with. This is 100% woman with a dark past. Who's created a very ordered existence to stay away from it. It's going to catch up to her. Like, which is why I, which is why when I was like (laughs) watching this movie, my first thought was, her daughter's a clone and the doctor's looking for her because it's oh, no. just, it was again, just Oh, 100- I
1: actually kind of like that idea.
0: Right. To me, it was just a hundred percent like, Oh, this woman did something wrong in the past and it's coming for her. Like just immediately I could feel that. And I knew it was happening. So yeah, it's interesting yeah. to me that you kind of are looking at it and being like, Oh, it's supposed to be this twist. I wouldn't say that's the twist. I would say the twist is uh, that he, that she had a baby at like, I guess, what like 18 or 19 19 and um and then uh and then fucking went out to get some groceries and came back and only two fingers were left and her abusive partner said that he ate it and it was living inside of him and would become upset whenever she didn't do what he wanted her to
3: yeah there, there's this like you know way that that abuse specifically the the kind that he enacts on her in this movie there is like that insane emotional abuse of just you know telling her that he has done something that he could not have done, like right, like there's no way that he could have done that, and yet like he is continuing to lure her and reel her into his orbit in that way. But th- there's also kind of in that emotional abuse such a claim to her to her body and to her physicality that I think the the film to me is really interesting with a lot of the stuff about motherhood about pregnancy, about childbearing, uh, because so much of what she seems at the beginning to me to be trying to resist is anyone who would tell her to do something like physically that she couldn't do. Um, and, and to me, that really set up the the final sequence in a compelling way where, you know, she, is able to enact this impossible revenge by making his body do something that, you know, we don't think is logical or, or could be possible. But to her, it's like, you know, the culmination of all of these mind games that he's playing to try to contort her into these horrifying shapes.
0: Right. uh, In in, um, in her own life. It's, it's really dark. (laughs) I mean, We've already said he gets gutted and she pulls a baby out of him. Uh, so, redundancy, but it's a really dark way to end the movie because honestly, the way she defeats him is not by exerting her own will into the situation, but rather giving into his weird delusional gaslighting so completely that she takes right. it to like a horrific conclusion. Because he's like, I've got, you know, baby Ben in me and he's upset. Can't you hear him crying? And it's like, you know, sure. Okay, I understand as this is abusive person. You're trying to draw someone into your reality and make them doubt their own. But uh, you got to realize that if you set up a reality where the person they love is inside you, she might try to get him out. And so that was actually a thing in this movie is when he when it becomes clear that that's what the the thing is. That like you know he says that it was inside of him. I was like, man, I really hope it is. Like I think that would be nuts if um it turned out to be true and then when she was in the hotel room and kind of like gave into his delusion and started crying and breaking down I was like oh my god I know what's going to happen and it's going to be fucking awesome and it was like there's something incredibly strange and off-putting about the way that this movie basically is like yeah the, the thing that happens now is he wins and uh, also he gets to get murdered because she's still going to win in her own way within that. It's so strange, but like, yeah, yeah, he's like, he like, yeah. he finally convinces her. And I don't know, I guess like Tim Roth in this movie just isn't as fucking balls out crazy as I am. Cause I was like, dude, you do realize that now what she's going to want to do is get the baby out. Um, yeah.
3: If the baby is like somehow still alive after all these years, I mean, I, you know, like, I think there's so much in that where it's like it we're was never living about reality
1: stomach. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Like first first there's plenty of I don't think it was his in his stomach.
0: I think it was within his 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 uh his cavity. <laughs> it seemed like it was behind a bunch of stuff rather than inside of it, you know? Yeah. It, it's
3: weird. I I be curious which town. organ I'd be curious, like which organ that baby was in the place of. Like, if you could, like, look at someone's chest, like whether Where's the baby was—I been...
1: don't know. But let's ask crimes of the future. <laughs>
3: yeah, because because there's you know was if there you a want tattoo on that an, baby? anatomical anatomical accuracy, we can go to David Cronenberg.
1: I mean, are we really like <laughs> questioning the sort of uh, you know I don't know physiological reality of of this concept?
3: It's, it's a good question because it, I feel like so much of the, the mind games and so much of the, that stuff in the movie is this question of like, whether it, cause it's not about reality. It's not about what's truth. It's about control. And it's about, you know, what, what you can get another person to believe. And so I think it's great that we're having this conversation about whether or not there could have actually been a baby inside of him because we, we've we been shown things that make us think that there maybe there was a baby um, this whole time that didn't age and was somehow communicating as well um, with Tim Roth.
1: Or it could have been some kind of like folia do thing where they both have this delusion, but I don't know.
0: Oh, you mean the sequel yeah. to Joker?
1: I can't fucking wait.
0: <laughs> wow. For, for, like for the Lady Gaga? <sighs>
1: mm. Yes. I can't
2: wait
0: everything about um, I, the sequel
2: makes sense to me fully
0: I do want to mention that Isaac
2: Isaac you you touched on it at the beginning when she's having this kind of like therapy session with the intern and I was very taken aback to find out later on in the film that she is just like a, a biotech executive like that's it and I was like wait you're not a therapist? Then what the fuck was right, that? Because that that's not... Like, right. Oh,
0: she's a therapist. And then I was like, I don't know. it seems aggressive for what a therapist. But maybe she's a therapist who's like fucking over her patients. Like, Yeah, she's a part.
1: creepy intern supervisor.
0: Yeah. It's so much as you realize
3: throughout the film, just how she's being seen from the outside. Because again, like you're so trapped with her perspective the whole time that you're kind of just believing what's going on. It's funny. I'm I'll just mention it because I've been writing about it this week, but um if, has anyone else here seen Lodge Kerrigan's movie Keen. Yeah.
0: Uh, Love that. movie. It, it, I the
3: Keen, the, Keen does this amazing thing. It's a, it's a movie somewhat like resurrection where it's following a lead performance. So, so closely uh, the entire time in Keen's case, it's Damian Lewis playing a guy who may or may not be homeless and may or may not have had a daughter who may or may not have been abducted at Port Authority uh, Terminal uh, a year prior. And the Mm -hmm. film picks up, and you're following him so closely through his day-to-day as he's running up to strangers, asking if they've seen his daughter, trying to find some sort of sense of what could have happened. Uh, But the thing that Kerrigan does that I think is so compelling and that it's funny. I think that Andrew Simmons is maybe seen keen is is that he stays so close to Damian Lewis, like really right up in lockstep with him. I was this crazy filming style where he was filming on, um, I believe he was filming on 35, but he was doing it and like running like with um, like doing it handheld and Mm -hmm keeping track with Lewis as they're running around port authority. And he holds the camera so close to this guy that you almost, you know, believe him immediately. Uh, And it isn't until later in the film when he meets uh, a young mother uh, played by Amy Ryan and her daughter played by Abigail Breslin, that you can start to take a step back and think about how Keen is interacting with everyone and then what he is coming off as. To them, and I think that Resurrection does a similar thing in a more understated way uh, to what Bill was saying at the office. You you get these scenes later where you can see her uh, through the glass door of her office, like it into the larger office of all the cubicles, and people are just like kind of unnerved and just like looking around, not really sure what to do as she is yelling at this person. Um, And and it's one of those scenes that gives me this other question of whether or not Tim Roth has ever really even been there in the movie and whether she could just be Mm -hmm. pulling this out of her memory, uh, because then you're watching what is very clearly this this psychological breakdown. But because we're so close to her and sharing her perspective, we never get that external view really to know whether or not. Uh, there is any kind of objective reality. It's uh, it's something that Kerrigan did in Keen. It's something he did in his film before Keen called Clean Shaven, uh, which was about a schizophrenic character. Uh, But I think there is something about when you are so close to a character, even though you can't see inside their head, uh, you start to believe their worldview and share it and look at the world as they are. Um, And it's something that I think really drives a lot of the tension in Resurrection as it's getting crazy and absurd. And you're starting to ask these questions about how much of this could actually be happening. Uh, You have her and her perform have Hall's performance as this central uh, kind of way to like the, the it's the thing that you can grip onto in the movie. It certainly isn't any of the locations you can just, hold on to that performance and the hope that it's going to eventually sort itself out. Um, And it never does. And I think that's why to me it was such an effective movie um, because it it doesn't portray that perspective um, really ever. I think there's like, you know, one shot where it like, you're, you're seeing her like kind of over the shoulder and you're like, no one is in her frame, but there's like one shot where Tim Roth can come in and, crowd her frame and get up in her face. But other than that, you're just with her and, and, you know, everyone else is at a distance. Um, And as I think you were saying earlier, Robin, that, that question of how distant we really are from, from her as a character.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't know, there's, I just keep coming back to the fact that there's something so measured about her performance, even when the character is supposedly, you know, going through some kind of like mental crisis. It, it, it just seems like not really organic to me. And I say, this is somebody who really loves Rebecca Hall. I think she's stunningly beautiful. I think she's a great actor. Um, I think she has, she's a really, she's a, she's a director with vision. It It's just, it's not a performance that drew me in as, as I think it should have. And, and as I think it drew in most people.
3: Do you, do you think it was the performance or what she was being asked to say that was harder for you to to dig into?
1: Uh, you know, I think partially was probably the development of the character, I'll be honest. But even still, I mean, I think a performer has... It's so hard to say, you know, the the... The artist is only as good as his tools, like because that's something I generally abide by. But then I think about how there are certain actors that can take a wisp of a character on a page and still come up with something so magnetic. Like just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about like Leia Suda Sedu in um in Crimes of the Future and and how her character was almost like a like a mother wife you know just somebody who's kind of there to be an accessory to the main character and yet she imbued um she imbued that woman with and I, she had such a great name and i can't remember what it was um she caprice. imbued that pers- caprice thank you um uh-huh. she imbued caprice with so much verve that i just kept thinking like god what a great performance not character and I'm kind of feeling like the opposite here where maybe the character is just overtaking hall in a way that should be the opposite, that hall should be kind of this all encompassing force. And yet the, the person she's asked to play is just. Um, so that's
0: crazy. Cause Caprice made spreading like. Spreading over her. Zero impact on me in, in mm-hmm. crimes of the future. And I think Cronenberg honestly does that a lot a lot of his characters make no impact on me i mm-hmm. think
1: i mean it's in the eye of the beholder for yeah, sure like, i
0: think that in that movie like what's her what's her face uh stewart uh kristen stewart more yeah. of an impact just because she's being so fucking weird <laughs> But Sadu what was her just, name too it was, it was like tr- Tim, timlin, timlin? timlin. <laughs> timlin. I, I always said timbaland what Timberland. a weird <laughs> movie
1: to stick in my craw like I, it's oh, a movie I, I, I love that. Forget about it, and yet I'm always just like, oh yeah, Kraslavich. Like,
3: <laughs> like a little because he's the best in the names. Your brain. Yeah. Like, the the names alone are so Saul great Tenser. in that movie. I,
1: I yeah, love Tensor. But... I, I
3: think that Cronenberg always comes up with the best names for his characters, and that's yeah, one of the I, things I, I, I love so I, about uh, him.
0: Every once in a while, I still scream, "Death to the demoness Allegra Geller." <laughs> <laughs> That's Roman extends buddies out there.
1: I, I,
3: I, I need to just, since we're on the subject, say that the best name in that movie is uh, Don McKellar playing Whippet, the investigator. Oh, uh, yeah, with Whippet. The name, with, <laughs> the, just... with the National Organ Registry. He's Whippet. It's Whippet and Timlet. His name and, is and that Whippet. somehow is not, it's not on NBC yet, but it should be.
0: He's named after the kind of dog that was the angel in All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is just... <laughs>
1: What a piece of trivia that was!
0: <laughs> How do you like that? Six degrees of separation. My goodness! <laughs> oh my god!
1: Whip it! I'm sorry, but anyway, Rebecca <laughs> Hall's performance is fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was so monolog I don't know. I, I I kept wishing the movie I... gave us more than just storytelling.
0: Okay. I get that. You know, I think that I think this that would almost fold into to Michael Snydell's neat complaint. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I love that. Like, again, I loved one of my favorite pieces of filmed media last year. If we want to be that weirdly broad about it. Um,
1: Don't say the bear.
0: <laughs> no, that's this year. And the bear I is fucking awesome. love
1: the bear. The way. bear is talk about monologue. I still love that.
0: Oh, my God. That the uh, God, we can't. You can't. I actually literally just started watching the bear again today because a friend of mine said, hey, I finally finished watching the bear. And my brain was like, dude, let's do that again. Give me was more. You're like, right, brain. Let's do it. And immediately I already <laughs> had the the refused playing in my head. No, it's not the refused. It's the used, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. People who know, know. Um, and so I was like, <laughs> well, I got to start watching that again. Mm. Watching him hustling for that mm. beef and screaming at people, and there was a mm. TikTok that was, uh, what was it? It's I think it was like the bear, but it's a restaurant where they only make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> and all of them were screaming at each other, and all of them had cigarettes dangling out of their lips.
1: Oh, anyway, I, that show Brian, made me I, believe I, in TV again. It
0: did. I, I've got to ask
3: Brian, what was the movie that you were going to mention? Oh uh, yeah, last... my
0: favorite piece of filmed media from last year. It wasn't a movie. Uh, I'll just oh, say it wasn't that. a movie. It was okay. though. You know, if I really wanted to be a dick, I would have called it a movie because that's what we do now. Um, but it was it was uh, Midnight Mass. Oh God! Right, and Midnight I know Linklater
1: who went to Amherst.
0: I know, and it's and it's that thing where it's a lot of incredible actors giving monologues. But I'm okay with it because some of the best conversations in my life have involved the other per and maybe this is just me and who I am but have involved the other person just ripping their heart open and bleeding their soul in front of me for five minutes at a time like like
1: metaphorically right no that is literally. a vampire show so. <laughs> okay
0: okay <laughs> all of that literally happened their literal figurative heart got ripped open and their literal figurative souls built in front of me no like at boy scout camp or at bars or like you know on trains like when you just get to that point with the person where they're like i have a narrative about myself and i must give it to you now because i think that's what it takes you know like every time that someone asks me like hey man like what did happen to your marriage i've like got a a monologue now that i give because it's a complex thing i can't i wish that i had said oh i was a gambling addict That would have been easier, but I have to go through so much. And it's like, yeah, you do rehearse these things as you're like driving the car and not paying attention to your podcast. Like when people want to know about my friend who killed himself, like I've got that story and I love that story just in the way that it feels like it, it encapsulates and connects me to a moment in my life. And so in a, in any, anything where an actor can convincingly deliver a monologue I love it. Like, I do it on this fucking podcast all the time. Like, this podcast is just Brian Rowan monologuing with interspersed interjections from other people who want to get back on topic. And I I like that. I enjoy that. I think that that is more real and more emotionally honest than Sorkin-esque, like, ping pong popcorn back and forth nonsense, you know?
3: Right. Where everyone has to be on that same level of genius to, to compete for a conversation. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely, I I think what you're saying is, is very compelling. And I think very true to, to what I also really appreciate about resurrection uh, with that monologue and the way it's delivered, because it's everything that you're saying. It is her unbur- unburdening like the truth of her past and, Uh, she's really delivering that directly to us because she's like, you've been wondering. uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened as I experienced it. Um, And I think it's so, you know, so effective in the context of this strange, subdued, um, very like obsessively cleaned uh, film in in the way that it looks and the way that the camera moves in such a controlled, long, slow way. Uh, that everything that she is saying pulls you into her perspective. That's like the point where I feel like, you know, the, the movie flips uh, and you're suddenly through the looking glass uh, and you're on her side uh, because she's telling it to us. But then you, you have to kind of remember to think about this uh, at the very end of the monologue, just that the context under which she's delivering this monologue is to a terrified powerless intern who has no idea what the hell she's talking about um and, and i think that that the way that they do that in resurrection to me um it's exactly what you're saying about the power of performance and it sets up everything in the rest of the movie as being that um that you know that bizarro world truth uh, that you know um I I can't remember whoever said that. You know, it's the truth, even if it didn't happen. I'm sure there's so many permutations of that, but uh that's you know, storytelling um and monologuing in a way, because the th- the way that things never didn't happen, uh, things never happen in a way that are tidy and succinctly fluid enough to be the stuff of monologues. The monologue is the event and your attempts to iron it out into something straight uh later um and and i think her complete failure to sand down the edges of it is something that really clues you into the performance uh for the first time in the
0: film
1: i'm chewing on it
0: (laughs) i was about to say i'm not saying anything i spoke a lot (laughs) as as if i i want to get bill in here
2: what do you want from me? What was the thing you were eating when we first started recording?
1: <laughs> was it an Italian uh, beef sandwich?
0: No, yeah. just veggies and meat. It was a dog dragged through the garden. Um again, I can't even remember what I was gonna say now. I had I had a thing to say and then I lost it. <laughs> excellent i know um, I, I don't know I, there me, was a, I think part of me wanted to make a joke about that intern and just be like she's really like the chorus the greek chorus of this movie
1: yeah but in a way her reaction me, me, yeah because
0: she's let like let oh my talk. god rebecca hall so awesome and then it's like oh hey boss and then it's like go away and she's like oh rebecca hall's not having a great day and then she comes back and it's like oh rebecca you're talking again oh my god i wish you hadn't told me that and then later on it's like i'm glad you're doing better but she's not doing better
1: but the thing is, it she doesn't even <laughs> she,
0: she wasn't believe
1: a word that, that her boss said. She was just kind of like that was weird, and it's all about me. Well, so is it, she playing a joke on me?
0: Well, also, I mean, one of the things that uh, this movie, and I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a scholar or a, a studier of abuse tactics, but the the story of the abuse that Rebecca Hall suffers is so grand guignol bizarre that i feel like it's you remember we've all watched community right yeah oh yeah okay remember when troy gets kidnapped by the air conditioner repair school and they're like you know why did we kidnap you why is uh like you know they're uh, the, an astronaut making paninis why is black hitler standing over there because we don't want anyone to believe you if you tell them And like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the level that Tim Ross abuse gets to where it's like, the baby didn't just disappear. And he's like, I hate it. There were two fingers left, apparently, which makes that so much worse. And it's just like, did he fuck with her this hard just to make it so that if she ever tried to tell anyone, they wouldn't believe what happened? Because like smart, I guess, (laughs) like. Until the point where she gets drawn back into your mania and decides that she needs to get her baby out, in which case you start to look like a real idiot, Tim Roth.
1: Yeah. So what do we? Yeah. She
3: she was the truest repair man the whole time.
0: <laughs> the, she did. Yeah. What
3: uh, yeah, did I remember it, it was it was it, it was Black Hitler, and then it was an astronaut making paninis. Yes. I think that that's that's like, I uh, said such a great show because there has to be that one thing that you just can't um, square with. Uh, and I think the, the two fingers are that thing she can't square with. It's a brilliant thing. If you're trying to completely shred someone's sanity.
0: Yeah. And then to claim like, no, the baby's fine. He's inside me. I swear. And it's like, I don't think that anyone could be that crazy. It, it is that th- it's like the, it's like Michigan J. Frog coming alive and singing when no one's looking. It's like that's so absurd and it's only happening to you and so how can I believe you? In fact, there's an episode of News Radio that I just watched that had that where a Salvation Army Santa Claus keeps telling Phil Hartman that he's gonna murder is him. Is it
1: nineteen ninety seven? What the fuck?
0: Wait, News, what? What News is Radio. this Phil Hartman movie? News Radio. What?
1: It's it's a it's a television. You series.
3: child Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's no, no, right. no. The, the which movie is it? It, it? it is News Radio, the show. Yeah, it's not News Radio, movie.
0: the show. It's
3: it's it's oh, okay. this,
0: like it was like a cult TV sitcom that like only just now finally came on streaming. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Mm. It was all oh, anyone could talk about.
1: And it was it's not on Peacock. That's interesting.
0: No, it's not. I think NBC hates that
1: show. Well, I mean. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of drama with that show. It, 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 I think it was very ahead of its time. Uh, it, was. it was a phrase I
0: hate, but
1: It was. It was. It was a, an, of a, a show of, that show created its time. Let's just say that. Yeah, ahead I would of, say of
0: its that time. Show, it, that show dragged is, its. It's like it, that show dragged its audience into an era that it wasn't ready for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what Were you saying, Bill?
2: I was going to say, uh, ahead of its time is this own film for referencing. Elden Ring, when Elden Ring didn't come out for another month after it even premiered at Sundance, oh, um, and also it got released. Like, wait, no, so it didn't say that's Elden weird. Ring. She
0: said Elder Scrolls. Oh,
1: Did she? Right. I thought it was Elden
0: Ring. No, it was
1: yeah, Elder you're Scrolls. right. You're right.
2: Okay, I'm. I'm not sure I'm gonna believe you, Brian, because you also thought it was Severus Sever- Snape. Yeah, but you so. thought it was Hermione. Yeah, that's because that's how they say it it's in Hermione. the film.
0: You gotta, you gotta play that movie, slow it down, watch Kennedy's. It's head just go British back people talking
1: left. too fast.
3: Frame by frame,
0: <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to the
3: bottom of this.
0: Yes, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely Elder Scrolls. She says Elder Scrolls because then I was like, oh, which one? <laughs> But then it looks like she's playing Elder Scrolls Online, which is—I thought everyone hated Elder Scrolls Online. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, she obviously she's playing it online with somebody. So yeah, I know. But like, they they released like Elder Scrolls Online, and it seemed I thought that the reception for that game was abysmal. But I mean, apparently, you know, they got a plug in this movie. Uh, Grace and Lucy just can't fucking get enough of it. Apparently, yeah. Oh man, um.
1: So, so can we talk about that ending? Because I...
2: Loved it. Which one?
1: Ugh, Christ. Oh, Christ. Okay. Yeah, so the, she cuts the, the baby off. out of his, like, Thomas. Thomas? And then <laughs> whatever Mr. it was. Mr. Thomas? His, his innards. She cuts the baby out, and then you see her have some kind of, quote-unquote, dream sequence where her daughter is about to leave for college, and she's you know holding the baby and everything is glorious and then she starts to have this like horror panic and i just kept thinking like you know it's another cop out ending where they just go to something surreal and then you're supposed to come up with your own thought and like that just seems like so cliche to me and i yes like maybe i want things to be too neat maybe i want some some explanations like maybe i'm just so linear that or or sick of these tropes in horror just tell me what's
0: fucking going on
1: like don't say oh you know it's like the sopranos ending like it could have
0: been this it could have been that like i'm so you don't think that. this was literally what happened no i do not
3: <laughs> i just kind of assumed that she and the baby were doing great um i thought that you know they had what some you- things to catch up on
0: uh, and that's what they were doing i need to go back and look let's at this. not the change fingers?
2: <laughs> i don't i don't I think didn't you see fingers. Little ten fingers i think you, i think this, you this just is, see we face. need to zoom
3: in we need to zoom in on the baby's fingers zoom that's enhance. how back we'll down. know
2: um let's let's back up robin at what point do you want them to start changing this ending do you want them to just stay with her after she pulls the baby out of the thomas
0: like i would keep (laughs) saying thomas because that's what we're just gonna
2: she started it so i'm just gonna keep going with it why why does it matter let's just call it a thomas and move on let's go
1: okay i'll say why because i think that that little coda didn't do anything it was cliche in terms of its filmmaking in terms of like what it's trying to leave you with, I think if she just pulled that thing from from his body, and that was the last scene, all, I would have been like, thing "Okay." Is a
0: baby, Robin.
1: I'm sorry, that God's creature from his tummy. <laughs> then I'd be fine <laughs> no, with it. No, there's thing
0: as a tummy. <laughs> it's it's, it's God's creature.
2: You, you're Get pronouncing creature. the O. Come on.
0: But you know what that, I mean, that like God's creature from God's country. Yeah, God's creature from God's, <laughs> God's country which she pulled out of Tim Roth's God's pocket yes uh,
3: like, like, that a, is that like a
2: kangaroo that's pocket. actually a better
3: way to, re- to refer it to the stomach You've got so, so you pocket just pocket. so you just
2: want the film to end on on the baby being actually realized I would
1: be scene. I would have been fine with that because that would have been at least like
0: it's um, in the moment
1: in the moment a hard image like something that was just like the fuck. And instead, you get the co- the epilogue, which is supposed to be "quote unquote" even more ambiguous and poetic, and it and it just actually veers into, um, it, it veers into territory we've seen before, and maybe that's also kind of why I push back on this movie because everything from the score to the editing, it just kind of feels like a movie I have seen before, where you have those like pulley strings and everything's a little bit weird. But not weird enough that you can really put your finger on it. like I, I just feel like horror horror has taken um you know a turn toward the prestige in the last you know under ten years. Do you consider this horror? yes, one hundred percent this is a horror movie and and I'm fine with that. I like horror movies what, what it what else would it be? A psychological thriller? Yeah. What's the difference?
0: The psychological thr- thrills you psychologically and a horror film body horror. <laughs> It's and only it's on body horror in the last it's, it's twelve
3: It's on the line seconds.
0: between those two. I, there is 100 percent a thin, a thin red line between I, I do think the,
3: two. The, the the thing one thing I do want to just say about that ending, uh, just because we actually I don't think we mentioned this earlier. Um, but w- one of the films that Simmons has talked about in interviews, he talked about it when when I spoke with him uh, for Roger Ebert was uh Todd Haynes movie Safe. Um, mm-hmm. have, have with Julianne Moore uh, where, you know, it, it's another one where, you know, this character is believing that she is under psychological threat and starting to withdraw to a place that no one else can follow. And th- the ending of Safe, I, I don't know, has, has everyone seen Safe here?
1: No. I haven't seen it. Nope. It's,
3: it's been on my it's, list. It's a long good long one. Long. It's a really good one. I won't spoil the specifics of the ending, but it does... Something similar to Resurrection, at least as I was interpreting the ending of Resurrection, which is to say that she is so gone into this psychosis that she has. That's, you know, by by the point in the movie where she is in the hotel room with Tim Roth, she is convinced of the reality of what is happening and what she can get from that situation, which is this reunion with her child that she doesn't believe that she's going to have. Um, and for me, and you know, I, I tend to actually agree with Robin here that, you know, the way that that epilogue plays out is a little bit discordant with the tension of that finale. But uh, there is this sense to me that, like, there's no way it could be happening like this. And I know that uh, for one of the first times in the movie, I'm like, I'm completely confident that this is not exactly how that went um and so to me that's the the point at which we start to leave her perspective we're watching her from the door to that bedroom but she's on the bed alone with this thing in her arms um and she's just completely gone to to that fantasy to this thing and so for me i feel like it's the point where we start moving away from her again uh in the movie at the very end uh, there's really nothing else that we can get uh, from from being close to her and being into her perspective. And there's a lot of isolation there. But the reason that reminds me of Safe is that Safe similarly ends with a character in a place of both extreme isolation and having gotten exactly what they wanted um, in a way that seems almost impossible. Um, and so to me, the duality of that, uh, it, it really it sums the movie up. Uh, for me is this thing about what what you can do to yourself uh, if you are not able to kind of cope with the things that have been done to you they they rule you but they also just completely overcome any sense of of reality that you might have that's your own um, and you continue to just be controlled by it so to me like this is a, a story about a woman who believes she's in control and ends up completely imprisoned by the thing that she was trying to keep in. Um And so to me it works, but I, I completely understand the mileage varying, especially given the zaniness of that hotel sequence. And then the relative patness of that final, that final moment where the daughter's back.
1: Yeah. The daughter's back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I know the, the, he- the daughter literally says like, I'm OK, mom, I'm not scared anymore. It's it's like, yeah, it's like at that point, almost like her her delusion is tired and can't even be like, all right, we don't have time for subtext. Just have the fucking kid say that she's going to be great. You know, this is like, let's not have her like just smile more. Let's just have her say it out loud. Like this broad is so nuts right now. I'm almost curious, Robin, um, Yes, because we, we talked like, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to gauge what your level of like okay with the unreal or the metaphorical is. So you said like her cutting him open, digging out his guts and then holding the baby. So you see the baby. That would have been okay. But the extra part with the delusion is not, right? Well,
1: because the extra part, not the... It, like, it doesn't add anything to the right. narrative. So, it doesn't even add anything to the tone.
0: So I'm curious, what if we took it a step backwards, okay? What if she cuts Before him open?
1: Before the baby
0: even came out. Wait, so, let's, so like she cuts him open, is digging through the intestines, and you see her looking down and hear a baby crying, but you don't see it, and then it cuts to black. Would you have been okay with that? On your I scale, think above been, or
1: below? I still think it would have been... Mm, what's, I'm trying to think of a good word.
0: So it's clearly like a still cop better... out. Okay, so that's like just... I'm
1: glad we saw the baby. Okay, but even, that's what I was even if we didn't about. do any of that, it would have been fine.
0: So, uh, so okay, so
1: because the, I still don't 100 so percent that... believe the baby was there, so it kind of doesn't matter,
0: right? So, but from worst to best, it goes delusion, just the baby crying, actually holding the baby. Yeah. Okay. What if she dug through him and there was no baby at all, and it just ended with her like sitting there staring
1: like i just right just like no oh baby. shit
0: there was no baby like
1: <laughs> i think i would have liked that better then it becomes honestly, a
0: psychological thriller
2: right
1: now <laughs> <Nah>, yes exactly <laughs> but like truthfully i nothing's think i would have liked it better a baby i think i would have liked the movie better if there was no out baby. of a thomas <laughs> fuck y'all um you know what I mean? Because then it would have been something I could sink my teeth into as like, like this <laughs> is
2: a <laughs> phrasing. Jesus Christ, Robin. Tender. Um, You know what I mean? Like it, it would have been something to chew
1: on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> because then you could have been like, Oh, like this was a whole psychological fuck up, you know, mind fuckery thing from the beginning. And now it brings it to such a place of magical realism, then you're just kind of back in, you're kind of ba- back in that seat of like, is this real or is this still a delusion? Like it doesn't matter if there was a baby physically there or not. Is this um amplified reality or is this a woman who's just annoying the shit out of me? Like, I don't know.
2: I want I want to ask a, a question to to our co-hosts and uh, guests the sequence when David like shows up mm-hmm. there's First a couple time. of things the the one when she confronts him in the park okay. I, I want to get a judgment on this and I want to get kind of a, a feeling from y'all um why does he not... I mean, obviously he's fucking with her, right? But why does he not say like, "Yeah, I'm David. Like, I'm exactly who you think I am." Why does he pretend for even like two or three minutes that he isn't
1: part of that control?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's just a uh, it's it's fun to fuck with her. He's like clearly not a nice man, you know. He's not upfront about anything. I think he but, wants like, to make her. And then I think why? The, well, the, so so because wouldn't it wouldn't it fuck with her more if he's just there no because like she's down No, because it's part of that gaslighting even for two seconds also it's not for two seconds because he's he leaves and he's like no i know i know all your names but you told me that so like he's still kind of like giving himself an out sure and he then but he's like ben says hi he like drops yeah. a little hint and is like yeah. oh we'll come to the boulevard we're going to the boulevard yeah and so like if she if she pursues him despite his his giving her an out and going to the boulevard and everything i feel like to him that's a sign of her continued devotion in some way i mean he's i he's think not a well yeah, man he, i don't think he we're going to totally pin him down
3: like every interaction that he has with her in the movie He finds a way to take control of. And that's the thing that she absolutely abhors about the relationship. But the thing that she can't get away from is like she will never be free until she is able to regain control over that relationship and what it means to her. And I think like, you know, right from the beginning of her coming up to him and approaching him, he's like, we can't have that because she's the one driving right now so i need to do something to further destabilize her uh, and put her back on her heels uh, and and there's this you know continued he uses every kind of way every kind of tactic of abuse that he could use he uses um it, it just on her over the course of the movie because he he likes playing with her and he's a, he's a, he is a, he's a twisted fuck of a guy and like i think that that is something that he and it's funny because it, this really plays into that question of whether or not he's there or whether this is her manifestation of what he represents to her. There are things that he does in this movie, things he can't know, but also that smile that he gives that I wanted to find a time to mention at least once. And before we wrap the podcast is just like, it's such a, mm-hmm. such a purely malevolent little flash of a grin. Um, mm-hmm. Terrifying to me. The scariest thing in the movie is Tim Rath's smile um, mm-hmm. in, in that scene. It's just this like absolutely twisted uh, expression of of cruelty and um, enjoyment of, of sadism, and you know, it, it, and that's the thing to me where I'm like that opening monologue where she's talking to the intern about you know what a sadist is like and what a sadist wants. Um, And the fact that the sadist um, is always surprised no one else is finding his games as fun as he is. Uh, I think something along those lines was the, the idea of that monologue. I think the version of Tim Roth that we meet in this movie is someone who is having the time of his life tormenting Rebecca Hall. Um, And, and so I think that, you know, every single way, every avenue he can find to, Tread her nerves, um, including the fact that he like somehow knows that her her daughter was just in a bike accident, you know, or was it an accident? Like everything that he could say to unnerve her, he does say, uh, which to me is another way that we're getting inside her perspective because everything he says is her worst anxiety realized.
2: I'm I'm curious as well. I mean, all of those are great points. Um, I'm curious as well. Had she not approached him, do you think he would have approached her?
0: I don't think so. No, I think, I think, I think everything he does is like to say, come to me. So like, you know, he, and he's constantly around her in public. Like he's never like, he doesn't accost her in a dark alley. He puts himself in her line of sight in public places. And then when he like leaves, he tells her where to find him and she does. And he, to him, that's a sign of like, Oh, she wants to be here. Like he says, like, I'm the only, like, you're, I'm the only one you could be your true self around. You know, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's like a really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He's not well, a- which one thing that when Bill was asking when that scene, when she met him again, uh, in the movie, uh, like when he comes back into her life, the my first thought is which one, which is why you asked that as well. It's just like, cause there's that scene where she's at the work conference. And I, th- I think the thing about that, that's so interesting is that she gets this glimpse across the room mm-hmm. of this guy whose back is to her. And she sees like from this glint of the side of his face in the room, she's like, Oh my God, that's Tim Roth. That's my ex. And the thing about that, that I find really interesting is like, as soon as she thinks she sees him, she sees him in a very direct and undeniable way. But at first there's that, that glimpse of, oh, like it, could that be him? And it, like, it couldn't be him, but it freaks her out so much she runs out of the room. Um, and to me, I think you know so much of what we're seeing with her psychological unraveling is this person who can't stop thinking about the things she can't think about. Mm-hmm. or they'll do her in and yes. so for it to start that way with this like chance like from a distance maybe sighting uh, to me is telling of what it's actually doing to her headspace
0: yeah which again makes you question like almost everything about her it's this movie is 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 honestly if if people haven't read the book or seen the movie enduring love and if you enjoyed this movie i think you should check that out because that's a very different kind of thing but it involves a lot of the same stuff Um, you know, the gaslighting, the lies, the, the, the hero or protagonist, I guess you could say who, who basically like fucks up their own life even harder than the antagonist is doing just because of their like inability to be honest with people and to like explain what's going on. It's, um. It's great. Yeah, that
2: scene—that scene with the daughter, when she actually like kind of comes clean, and the daughter is like, "I don't believe you. Right. You've and already lied like, oh, to me too much.
0: Like, I know that this David Moore guy didn't work with you, and now you're just saying this to try to... Yeah, like you violated that trust, and it's not like you stayed out too late. It's you pulled me out of a store and wouldn't let me go out, and you've like just been going nuts, and you're degrading in front of me." And I had to call your married boyfriend because that's how worried I am about you.
2: Yeah, I I thought I thought that like 30 minute stretch or so when she's fully devolved and just is is out of her mind and the daughter is picking up on it and calls the boyfriend and they show up they have that intervention and then you know the daughter ends up like I think like the very next day, like running away and like all of that sequence is just so damn good. I, that was, that was that, that 30 minute or so kind of sequence basically sold the film as, as something that could, you know, be something that I could recommend. Like that 30 minute stretch is, is right there. And I, I don't think I don't know if that includes that monologue or not, but I, I can throw the monologue out of that sequence and be perfectly fine. I think everything that happens around that her, you know, the whole, like her chasing her daughter, the daughter getting in an Uber, the Uber cab driver being like, are, are you, you know, gotta, are you, confirm your name? Are, ma'am. <laughs> are you, are you Abigail? And she's like, yeah, I'm Abby. And he's like, that's not an answer are you Abigail you know it's just like and yeah for for him yeah for her to also notice the boyfriend like off in a corner and like fucking assault him I was just like what the fuck is she has fucking lost it at this point like it's it's full on and that's when like whatever happens after that I'm just like no nope, n- nobody's going to win in this story. Like this there's impossible that this is going to end well for anybody. And you know, I think even judging by not the final sequence, but you know, the hotel sequence, clearly it doesn't work out for anybody.
1: Do you think he put the tooth in her wallet?
0: Uh, that was, that's fucked. Uh,
1: I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> well, going on I know there. He's
0: British and everything, but that was a very messed up looking tooth.
1: <laughs> no, it was just a plucked tooth. That's just what it looks like.
0: No, it's got like a, it had, a, she, she even says like, it's got a lot of tartar on it. And it did, it had like more than the normal amount of tartar. He needs to brush more.
2: It, it, look, 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 let's, let's not be too rough. Uh, it might actually be his, his fake tooth. You know, I think
0: he took that tooth out. Um,
2: no, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm talking about the actual actor, Tim Roth. Oh,
0: uh, what? <laughs> I he's would not that. He's, that. he's British, Tim isn't Roth he? Is a, is a method actor. He's like, <laughs> hey, hey. So I read the script, and I know it's ambiguous, but I think it would play better if it was actually my tooth in there. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, Tim. And he's like, great. Here it is. Uh, I cleaned off the blood, <laughs> but I left the tartar because I think that adds a lot i just don't know the movie should have derailed the second that that girl said i found a fucking tooth in my wallet like (laughs) that's the like that's enough for a movie that's like (laughs) you should just spend the rest of the movie looking for whoever did that tooth i would be like i'm sorry is my daughter blacking out and fighting grown men in a fight club like why do you have a fucking tooth in your wallet
2: yeah yeah
0: Uh I don't know. I,
2: I, I found it very interesting, though, that Rebecca Hall almost... Her character almost seems like she recognizes that tooth, which is which is just another level of just like ah wait, like fuck. Well, like, that's how you was was you one do. of the kindnesses. He's just she's got to like take Lost inventory of his teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Ugh. Oh.
0: One, one of like that's one of the things is that like there's a moment in this movie where you're just kind of like is any of him real? Like is this
1: right? I mean, that's well, what I, I think point back to. I yeah, I, I think
0: mean, I think. When,
2: like what if the when her co-worker movie- when her co-worker calls her right and is like there's a man here to see you and we see that sequence where everybody's like staring in this like y- you know very visibly uh open glass office room mm-hmm. like you know in her office like yeah there's definitely somebody in there or so, she's
0: but like, but having, i mean like, you know comatose in her office and everyone's like she hasn't moved in 30 minutes <laughs> um, no, it's, I but it, it was one of those things where I was like is this whole movie just like her daughter got hurt once and it's sending her spiraling like I just it was it was uh, then that's that that's that tension where it's almost like I don't I don't know like usually if someone were like alright so my theory about the movie is Tim Roth was never there usually in a movie I'd be like go fuck yourself kill yourself right now you're unwanted you don't add anything to the conversation for this movie I'd be like okay yeah sure it doesn't really matter because i think what matters is is the way she's re- a- acting with literally everyone else and like him being either a projection or real it doesn't matter because he doesn't hurt anyone but her he doesn't really interact with anyone but her so like the internal logic of everything still works because she's either having a psychotic break or she is actually being gaslit and hurt by this person and either way it's coming off of this previous event that we don't really have any reason to disbelieve from her. And so it all still plays to the emotional truth of her character arc. Yeah. Do
2: you, do you think her reacting to Abby getting into that accident is representative of her feeling guilty for missing that phone call? Cause she was fucking, you know, a married man. Or do you think that's, kind of her whole like i've got to protect my child i've got to protect my child kind of thing yeah she doesn't want to fuck it up again
3: it it seems it's worth noting it's worth noting one of the really creepy things that children do to their parents is bring them teeth and expect Mm
1: -hmm,
0: money that's true oh yeah i had a tweet about this the other day um my daughter it has her first loose loose tooth. Uh so congratulations. But I said this is like going to be my biggest test as a father because like you know when she was hurt by a dog and there was blood everywhere fine with it, you know, when she was like young and sick and there was like, you know, other bodily fluids everywhere fine with it. But I hated losing my teeth as a kid.
2: Mm. I still
0: have stress dreams about losing teeth. When I watch a movie where something happens to or with a tooth in it, I freak the fuck out and now I've got my child whom I love more than I love my own self and she is asking me every day to wiggle this goddamn tooth in her mouth and see how much looser it is. And I'm like, I've got to go through 26 of these. You're
1: things. triggered. <laughs> uh, you, you've just <laughs> you've, got to do the, you,
0: you've got to do
3: the door slamming technique. You know, you just like put a little string I don't want around to, the tooth, like that's put the, the string is, on the doorknob and then she's, just slam. Then you're she's done.
0: Super excited about it. She's really happy, but like, I didn't want to take my teeth out ever when they were loose as a kid. And so, like, I'm just she doesn't have to do it herself. I've, I'm not gonna be able to. do Brian, it. Brian, here you go is is
2: your daughter in some kind of schooling system at any point right now
0: she she will be in a couple weeks yeah
2: okay go to that school nurse go to that <laughs> and that that was not a judgment male or female it could be a male it could be no, a female
0: the, the, but, the term is nurse yeah
2: yes uh go to that nurse tell them i will give you a bottle of whiskey if you will take that tooth out of my child's mouth like Ugh. I. Like, I don't care. Like, I just just right, tell them,
0: tell them it, literally every it, tooth. But yes, okay. yes, and you make a good yeah. point. I'm not about to give them like, like, like 28 uh, bottles of whiskey.
2: Yeah, but, just, but I feel just, like I feel
3: like you're speaking from experience, though.
0: No, yeah, not old absolutely not. Father paid people in whiskey <laughs> to rip his teeth <laughs> out, but that was twelve years. That was that was adult that was, teeth. Yeah, that was that's last why week.
2: I was, Yeah, yeah that's that's dead. why I made that that joke about Tim Ross teeth. Um, no, 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 but yeah, just just find a way to basically tell that nurse to just be like, hey. I have anxiety about getting like teeth coming out of my mouth, so I don't want to relive that trauma and pass it on to my child. Could you just find a way to? Oh, hey, your tooth really was loose. Look at this. No, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's that was my thought. So maybe. That's, Unfortunately, maybe, I don't know if it's going to last for two weeks.
0: Not <laughs> um, what, what was I going to say? So yeah, maybe maybe Rebecca Hall was thrown into thrown into a panic by recollections of her daughter bringing her teeth, which made her think about when she was younger and then her daughter falling off a bike, something again, that usually happens to smaller children. And so yeah. Up, like, oh. and then the last breakdown.
2: Well, that, that was also interesting. Now that you mentioned that, cause she says, you don't know how to ride a bike, which is like a small detail. That's kind of like, wait, what the fuck? Why didn't she know how to ride a bike? I don't know like, how to ride a bike.
0: I don't know how to ride a bike.
2: God damn it. What <laughs> the fuck?
0: When my sister, my older sister, when, when she was riding her bike, okay, when well, uh, the hold on, hold on. dog knocked her off of the bike and she got really fucked up. Like, Brian, like, you have siblings. Yeah.
2: Robin, do you have siblings?
0: Robin
1: sorry I had to unmute for a second or had I had to, to think about whether or not she has siblings <laughs> uh, no I'm an only child
2: okay so there's no reason for you not to have learned how to ride a bike from like other sibling trauma but Brian okay fine cool your sister got into a, an accident or whatever so okay fine accident, yeah. yeah wicked bad uh, really Robin what the fuck did well, you know, I say that, and I one refused. of my good friends...
0: Yeah, my friends!
2: See, my friend. <laughs> my
1: friends. He
0: drove a pickup truck and had a dog named Duke.
1: I, I refused. Um, Like, my parents tried. They bought me a bike. I uh-huh. just couldn't propel myself, and I didn't want to learn. And I still don't. I'm just like, no, I don't I don't need to do this. Okay. I don't plan to use this.
2: Okay. Mass transit's just not fuck or pup, yeah. I, I no, it's not mass transit. What the fuck is it? I see a bicycle uh, trying to share transit. the road with
0: me, and I run him off the road.
2: Um,
0: All right, so that's it. Okay.
1: <laughs> so any any final thoughts?
0: Fuck bikes. Wait, Isaac,
2: <laughs> Isaac can, can you I, can, can you you ride, your ride your bike? Oh, I can ride a. Bike.
0: Well, I, I learned how to ride a bike. But can you ride a bike? I with You the know, owners?
2: I will.
3: I will teach all of you to ride a bike and I'll teach Rebecca Hall's daughter how to ride a bike. And, you know, so clearly would, she's is a, a creepy
1: dude thing for you to say. That will be. I'll teach her daughter to ride a bike.
2: Which daughter? Uh, I I was was going to say. Why
0: did you say it with the vocal form? (laughs) I
3: I say it because I'm determined to leave a trace on this earth, you know. And I think (laughs) that you're supposed to leave
0: no trace. Okay. No, it's no sudden move.
3: That's the Eagle Scout. And I, Robin, you're just, you're completely off on a Soderbergh tangent, which I support. But <laughs> I. First
0: of all, it's not I, Eagle Scout. It's Ben Foster and Thomas and McKenzie. Ben Foster! Scout.
1: Don't say Jesus
0: Christ. I said it right Friend. the first time and then I self corrected. You said fa- Forrester. I said mm-hmm. Foster. Okay, Cerberus. Yes,
1: My my computer's about to die. I have to get my cord. I will be right back.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we're about to wrap up because I think our guest has to leave too.
1: Yeah, um, maybe we should just wrap up.
0: <laughs> all right, we'll, I'll start wrapping up and Robin, you can go get your cord. Thanks, um, girl. So yes, uh, Isaac can ride a bike with no handlebars and he's willing to teach Rebecca Hall's children if Rebecca would reach out, we will put you in touch with Isaac who will teach her children to ride bikes. Um,
3: <laughs> I, I, there's already a, a, a message out to her wraps. I, I just... Um, I I wanted to get a jump on it, but you know, I'll let you know if I hear anything back. I think she's busy. It's got a movie to promote.
0: Well, that's it for today. Uh, This has been uh, a marvelous talk. Uh, Isaac, we hope that this met and exceeded your expectations coming off the wanting Mare.
3: Yeah. I I think that if I remember correctly with the wanting Mare, I think I was the most, the the most positive on the wanting Mare. I had, you know, very good things to say about it. And I remember it was a pretty robust discussion back and forth on on the limits of that kind of filmmaking. I felt yeah. like this was this was great. I mean, to to dig into a movie like this and have uh people landing all over the place on it. I think that's that's about right. It's about yeah, perfect.
0: My, my recollection of the Wanting mirror is similar. I remember I was like Three stars, but I'd still love to see more. Like, that kind of thing. Like, it's like, uh, there are limits here, and I think i am building up against those limits, but I'd love to see more of, like, this kind of thing. But, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen at home, that we were brought to you by our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash show to give us your money. Don't forget to go to mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of MUBI. And, um yeah, Robin, are you back? Oh, I'm back. Oh, uh, she's back, baby. All right. Robin, um, what are we talking about next week?
1: Uh, I think we're doing our summer grab bag. O I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Yes. Uh, that means that I have to uh, get out and see a movie or two. <laughs> Did it's you actually awesome. see Beast? I haven't seen Beast yet. My hope. But so you're so thinking I'm actually,
1: it's your favorite movie of the year. You yeah. You haven't seen it yet. I don't have okay.
0: to. It's great. Uh, no, my hope. So my, my hope was that we were doing something either streaming or Nothing this coming week because I want to see Beast and I think I can see it on Friday. Um, so I will see it before we talk do the grab bag. And I guess my grab bag will be all television and the Beast um, and rewatches. Our of
1: benevolent Lord and Master did. will freak out.
0: No, he loves calling television movies. Oh, God.
1: The bear is term. not a movie.
0: The bear is a movie. Um,
1: <laughs> Eat it.
0: Ah, uh, No eat eat uh, uh eat, eat sandwich <laughs> yes sink your teeth into a tummus
1: eat baby
0: oh my god this isn't mother this is resurrection <laughs> um yeah movie recommendations to go along with resurrection mother enduring love apparently men according to robin bar but that's it uh so thank you everyone for joining us this has been fantastic let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now And the next time that we babble incoherently into their ears for about two hours, we begin with our guest, Isaac, where can people find your work online?
3: Thanks, Brian. Uh, you can find my work, uh, usually collected somewhere, uh, amid incoherent ramblings as well on my Twitter, which is just my name at Isaac Feldberg. Uh, I also share the, film interviews that I do, including one with resurrection director Andrew Simmons and star Rebecca Hall, uh, on RogerEbert.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Letterboxd at Isaac Feldberg and I'll share all that fun stuff there too.
0: All right. Bill Graham. Uh you can find me on
2: Instagram at Billstagram. That's where I mainly post and uh, do stuff like that. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter at cablebfg. But the other place you can find me is on the Slack channel. Always having a good time there. Always a good active
0: conversation. Yeah. All right. Robin Barr.
1: Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. Uh, and you can also sometimes find my writing at The Hollywood Reporter.
0: As for me, uh, you can find my writing and a bunch of other stuff, uh, at my personal site, BrianJerone.com, as well as thefilmstage.com, where you can also find every episode of this here podcast. You can find out more about my whiskey at inkwellwhiskey.com. And, um, yeah, that's about that. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next week.
1: The nose song, man, considering it is actually about a stalker.
0: I know. That's why it was perfect. I couldn't think Great of any choice. songs about digging a child out of someone. Maybe brick?
1: <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs>